Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. More Epstein documents. And a very weird response to it all. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Bill Clinton is all over these documents. Of course, Jeffrey Epstein. We're talking about the the, the child molester. Child trafficking, sex trafficking, the abuse of these girls. And some very high-profile people with him on his plane, on his island, engaged. Stories of, of, of Stephen Hawking. Yeah, that Stephen Hawking. You're like, how is that even possible? The man was in a wheelchair with ALS. Uh, please don't make me read this stuff. New York Post reporting that Bill Clinton stormed into the offices of Vanity Fair to tell staffers not to run a story about sex trafficking and Jeffrey Epstein referred to Jeffrey Epstein as, quote, my good friend, or was it very good friend? Ah, either way, it's a problem. The documents being unleashed is is a great first step. But without investigation, without investigation into these things, we've got nothing. This is not a story by which we should all be like, oh my gosh, it's shocking. Oh my gosh, it's so, the details are scandalous. Scandalous, I say. If there is not, as a nation, just total outrage and disgust, we don't care how rich you are. We don't care how powerful you are. We don't care what your last name is. We don't care who your daddy is or who you called daddy, you're going to jail. We'll hunt you down. If you tell me, well, I don't know how we're going to get these people. You figured out how to get every last January 6th protester. You figured out how to kill everybody you could in Waco and Ruby Ridge. Can I suggest we could figure out a way to prosecute those who were sexually abusing 12-year-old or 15-year-old girls? But I don't think the country is seeing it like that. And I got to tell you, I'm a bit freaked out by it. Exactly. If if, if there is no, uh, as a nation, outrage about this and a demand... For, for justice, investigations and justice on this? What exactly? What exactly do we connect on? And if you can get away with what happened with Jeffrey Epstein and this island and these people, well, what can't they get away with? I'm sorry, am I the only person asking these questions? There's just no way, is there? Tony... 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Cats 93 WIBC, good morning. The second thing is we have to secure our schools the same way we secure our airports and our courthouses. And that means we make sure that we have whatever we need to to make sure nothing comes through bullet-wise or otherwise. We need to have a security officer at the front of every school. We need to have one point of entry, no side or rear entries. And then we need to make sure that we have someone on staff, not a guidance counselor, but a mental health counselor, that does nothing but look to see which kids may be in crisis. And let's start there. That's at least doing something. But we have to do something. This is heartbreaking. I will. Now, you're not going to get argument from me about protecting schools and recognizing that we should secure schools the same way we should secure airports and, and courthouses. The funny thing is, people are going to give Nikki Haley a hard time about this one. I think that's a good conversation to have. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Great to be here, guys. Pleasure. The phone number, because I never give it out, and I should, so you know we have one. 317-239-9393. There are people who are offended by this idea. There's more security at a jewelry store than there is at schools. Now, that's... That is certainly uh, a provocative statement. But is it deniable? Because if you start showing me that, well, look at the security that we have at schools, I sometimes see multiple officers in a jewelry store. That would be my response to you. But people have a hard time with this because what they'll say is, we shouldn't have to do that to our kids. I would counter with, what we should or shouldn't have what we shouldn't have to do is inconsequential to what we should do and what we need to do schools are a soft target we should harden the target i say this about places of worship um uh, uh soft targets we should harden the target we should make people question before they engage in an action that's what the the, the presence does that's what security does so this is this is a, a worthwhile conversation. And having a, a resource officer, a singular, depending on the school, it's not so much security. If you say to me, we don't want the schools to look like a prison, you're not going to get an argument from me. But part of the issue is that we decide that our plan is to make people afraid of those with a weapon. It's like the people who are afraid of open carry. Oh my gosh, somebody is carrying, they've got a sidearm uh, in, in, in a supermarket. Everybody run. What do you mean run? Why? Be aware. Why run? Because someone's carrying a gun on their hip? On no other subject do we start with the idea of full fear. No other subject. 
When I see somebody carrying, I'm aware of where they're at. That's where it ends. And I'm aware, as somebody who believes in the Second Amendment, that I should also be carrying. That's, that's where the good is. You, you will not get me to somehow think that our Second Amendment is the problem. Our problem is how we view it and how we engage with it. The, 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 the full fear is a valueless proposition. But that was Nikki Haley over there on CNN. DeSantis was also on CNN, and DeSantis had things to say. Oh, I mean, can I stop dreaming? I mean, like, wouldn't you like to eliminate the IRS? And have what I would want is I just I think I would eliminate the IRS, have a single rate uh, and, and just do like a flat tax. Uh, I think that would be the ideal tax system uh, to be able to do. Take away the distortions. And what happens is Florida is a good example of this. We have low tax and we cut taxes and yet we attract more investment and our economic base expands. So I run these big budget surpluses where we're paying down debt by lowering rates. I think you look at some of the other states that are high tax states, they tax, they cause businesses to flee and individuals to flee. Then they go back to the well and they tax more. And it's like a vicious cycle. So low rates, uh, broad base, ultimately is the best and most conducive to economic growth. But you growth. would push to eliminate the federal income tax. I want to I wanna eliminate the IRS. <laughs> Uh, and I would like a flat, one single rate, uh, flat tax. Is uh, Obviously, would, I would only do it if it was lower taxes for everybody. But that is the ideal tax system. Two weeks before the Iowa caucus. And here comes Ron DeSantis with a, with a tax plan. I don't know if that is a Hail Mary. I mean, you tell me. Because cause it... It, it could be spun that way. The flat tax idea. One rate, everybody is paying a percentage of income. It's, it's, it's fairer that way. Uh, and sometimes there's the concept of the fair tax. Um, it's been around for a while. Remember when Ted Cruz ran for president, he said he wanted every, a tax form to, to fit on the back of a postcard. That, that, that's what he said. Uh, I would absolutely abolish the IRS because I would argue since the implementation of the income tax, 1913, not a single good has come from it. It has been divisive. It has divided people. It has categorized people. It has been used as a cudgel against people. It's been used as a weapon against free speech. That's what the IRS has done. It has provided zero value in America. So absolutely, I'd get rid of it. I think it's interesting that he starts talking about flat tax now because it 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 all it brings you immediately to is this just a something he's he's throwing out there? And he also got into Ukraine. What it means is is bringing it to a situation where Russia is in a box and you're not having wars break out to Europe. That is our interest um, in this. Uh, to not have larger conflicts. And I think part of the problem with some of the people who always want to get us in deeper in these conflicts is you run the risk of an escalation. I can tell you this, as President of the United States, uh, American service members can take this to the bank, parents of service members, uh, we are not going to send U.S. troops to fight in Ukraine. But what about U.S. weapons? 
Well, I think Europe should supply the weapons. Uh, the I'm willing to help Europe, Europe uh, within the confines of our overall national security strategy, bring it to a conclusion. But we are behind in what we need to do with China. We do not have adequate hard power to be able to deter China from going after Taiwan or breaking out of the first island chain, which they want to do and would have major impacts on this country. And of course, they're doing nothing to secure our own southern border. That border is a threat to this country because hostile people are coming across the southern border. Now, there is a fair amount to unpack here. Um, it seems to me DeSantis is trying to have a little bit of a change on Ukraine where he was first very strong, I'm not getting involved, and then was getting involved, and now is trying to find uh, some acceptable middle ground. That's what it looks like to me. Not sending in troops is what people want to hear. Still engaging in support for our national security, I think, is what people want to hear, just not necessarily the Trump base. I just got to question whether or not he absolutely means it, because if he means it, I'm okay. But he's been in a couple different spots with this. We'll keep going over uh, his town hall on CNN. I have a lot. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. We were having a conversation about school security. As uh, Nikki Haley, ambassador, former ambassador, presidential candidate, was on CNN discussing uh, schools should be as secure as airports. Right? Which... I think a fair amount of people would agree with. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. And I gave out the phone number. And so we're going to take the first and maybe only phone call of 2024. Uh, If you counted the total number of phone calls I took in 2023, um, you could probably, I think one hand would do it. Like we We just don't. Maybe I should. Maybe 2024 will be the year of the phone call. No, it's not. No. Okay, uh, Matt, I appreciate uh, the phone call. We were talking about school security, Matt. Uh, first phone call, twenty twenty four. Congratulations, Matt. Everybody, a little, little something for Matt, right there. Well done. Not Matt, not Matt Bear. What's up, Matt? Well, Tony, thanks for taking my call. I I definitely agree with you and Nikki that schools need to be safer. Um, what does that mean, though? I don't think it means disarming people. I don't think it means one entrance and exit point. To me, one entry and exit point means we have a corral of easy targets. So I, I definitely agree, but I would like to hear more about how we make it safer. Um, if, if we go to the extent of making schools as safe as airports, uh, one would only hope that when people grow up and go to airports, they then know how to navigate them. Um, that, that's my two cents on the issue. So let me, let me start with, and I appreciate the phone call, that what you're discussing is exactly why in, in our conversations here, I don't like the top-down approach. I'm not interested in the state engaging in a mandate for the schools. What I rather is the local city, municipality, engaging their own way of doing things. 
and deciding what is best for them. And that should be based on best practices, which is why I like the locals doing it, because people will learn from other local municipalities ideas and thoughts and better ways to do things. You're not the only person who has an issue with the one-in, one-out methodology, that that creates an issue. So, for example, and I'm not, I'm not engaging any fear-mongering, I'm discussing something that's factual. If you've ever gone to a Gamebridge Fieldhouse, you've ever gone to any stadium, the place of, of danger is not when you're in the stadium or in the arena. It's the choke point of getting into the arena where you've got a mass of humanity waiting outside to get through the doors, to get through security, to get in. That's the place where the most damage can be done. So the one-in, one-out concept creates an issue. So it's, it's, a, it's a solid point, Matt. I'm absolutely there with you, but if the if if the people of Fishers want to try it one way, and the people of Greenwood want to try it another way, and the people of Brownsburg want to try it in another way, I want to let them, and then let them learn from each other. But I appreciate the phone call. We should have more of, of this conversation next week. Remind me to do that, and I will do it. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 22 degrees. In the American Standard Heating Weather Center, the time is 6.45. On Tony Katz Today yesterday, we reported about a shooting that took place at a high school in Iowa. Perry, Iowa is the town. Perry High School is the school. Tony Katz. 93 WIBC, good morning, as we've been talking about uh, security uh, in schools. Um, the suspect identified. No details being released. Well, as happens, people do some searching. And while I don't use names, because one person is dead in this shooting, this is horrific, The person involved in the shooting, as has been described, is not the angry white shooter. And maybe that's why this story, a school shooting, isn't really making news. I'm going to say this again. Our journalistic integrity problem continues to be a problem because the CNNs and the MSNBCs and the New York Times of the world don't report on stories if they don't fit narrative. And if the Shooting in Perry, Iowa involves somebody 
from a protected group, not just a angry white guy, there's no coverage. Now, I should engage just for the sake of clarity. It's not that CNN or the New York Times didn't report on the story. They did. NBC did. The AP did. Yes, they reported on the story. And then it disappeared. That's the point. They reported on the story, and then as information became available that would be counter to a desired narrative, that story disappears. We've seen this happen before. This is an incredible problem. And it's of their doing. I used to discuss problems with with mainstream media. And I actually, this is a few years ago, from somebody who who worked at IBC, you're, you're coming after us. You should at least say network media. Well, let me say it again. The problem from anywhere is that reporting happens only if it fits narrative, not because it's news. It's not a way to do things. It's not a way to act. If, if you're going to be somebody who only engages uh, the, the, the reporting because it fits some story your side wants to tell and isn't actually the news? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Just saying. You will not hear much about this shooting. I'm going to wait for a little more information, official information, to be released. And then I'll share more about this shooting. I will also share that the people at Indigo are ridiculous and shameless, and pathetic, oh my, oh my, it starts with a text I get this morning, I won't say from whom, I will not say from whom, unless they tell me it's okay to say from whom, but I'm not going to say from whom, and it's about a, a, a tweet that was sent out by Joey Politano, I don't know Joey Politano, Joey Politano uses pronouns. Usually that's, all right, you, I'm, you, we're not going to be friends, and that's, and that's cool, because I just think it's, it's madness. Uh, writing a data-driven newsletter about economics. Okay. The, the, the tweet is about how the Indianapolis metro area has been the largest contributor to economic growth in the Midwest over the last three years. And what he writes is that it's pretty amazing, considering it's half the population of the Detroit metro and less than a quarter of the population of the Chicago metro. And, and, and you look at, at, at his data, Columbus, Ohio grew 6.5%, Detroit 3.2%, um, St. Louis 5.6%, Indianapolis 8.4%. I, I find this a fascinating number, and I would like to know if that is policy-driven growth or if that is already existing investment growth. Meaning, is there something that was happening in Indianapolis that India, the city of Indianapolis did to drive businesses to build? 
Or was this because the state of Indiana is so attractive to growth, they were already in or around the capital city and they decided to engage more investment? I, I, I am curious about this because we've also seen restaurants close. We've also seen other things close. And we have seen some people come into India. Always be honest about the thing. So it's, it's, it's very interesting. The largest contributor to economic growth in the Midwest over the last three years. Interesting number. The people at Indigo tweet out, put out on X, didn't the red line open three years ago? In reference to this information, didn't the red line open three years ago? What a weird coincidence. As I put out on, uh, on the X Twitter, Indigo, you people are shameless, ridiculous, and shameless. Actually, I said ridiculous, shameless, and ridiculous. You are both. You're so out of your head. Thank goodness we have buses because not a one of you should ever be allowed to have a driver's license or operate heavy machinery. You think the red line is responsible for growth? Show your work, you ridiculous people. Show your work. You want to take credit for this? Show us. Show us the connections. Bring the data. Nobody wants your blue line. Nobody wants your purple line. The red line doesn't work. You don't even use electric buses anymore. And if you had listened to this show, you would have saved yourself a lot of heartache and a lot of money. You want to blame COVID? We laugh at you. Laugh at you. You want to take credit? God. Aren't you embarrassed already? I mean, your CEO had the common decency to leave, and there's a serious question about how that all happened. But aren't you embarrassed? No, the ideologues rarely are, it seems. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I went to Burger King making Playboy Whoppers. I went paper hats. Would you like an apple pie with that? Would you like an apple pie with that? Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. Ding, fries are done. Honestly, that should be the whole show. There should be an entire Peter Griffin day. That's all we do. All we do is play Peter Griffin. How could I love a show so much? And so think that the creator, Seth MacFarlane, is just the most ridiculous, politically ridiculous fool ever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how that's possible. But it's it's there. Ah, oh, the joy. I'll, you know what? I'm just going to thank him for the joy. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC. Good morning. You have got respiratory issues. RSV, respiratory syncytial virus, influenza, COVID-19. Um... And this is creating difficulties at hospitals. 
Understand that we're discussing two different things here. We're not discussing people dying. We're discussing the fact that there are a lot of these respiratory illnesses and people are going to the hospital because of them. This is not to take away from uh, comorbidities and things like that. But reality is reality. We saw in China they were having these massive rises and we said, "Uh uh-oh, this could be a problem, which was, I think, the proper take. Then we saw through data that it wasn't about people dying it was just this this a, a series of these respiratory issues then we saw things in in ohio and there's conversations of white lung and pneumonia we said wait what's this and then we saw okay the, some increased cases but we're not seeing it in terms of more uh, of mortality now we're seeing the increases we hear about it from doctors here just be aware wash your hands and do your best But remember, a mask doesn't stop COVID. You can wear one if you want. We do judge you. I just want to be clear about that. You are being judged, and we should stop kidding ourselves that somehow it's it's not happening. But you can wear one. I'm not going to stop you. It's free country. Masks don't stop COVID. Masks never stopped COVID. Please don't lie to yourself. If you want to wear it because you like a salve and it's become your whoopee, you know, you need to see whatever uh, uh, mental health professional you need to see to get over that. It doesn't stop COVID. Please stop telling yourself that and definitely stop telling your children that. I think it's despicable to scare children. The border is the biggest issue in America. Congresswoman Victoria Sparks was there and she's got the update coming up. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Last thing, shortly after taking office, President Biden tapped Vice President Harris to address the root causes of migration. How specifically has the Vice President helped in your efforts to keep the border safe? Uh, The vice president has raised more than $3 billion of investments in some of the countries of origin, specifically those in Central America. That is a long-term solution that we remain dedicated to. But in the meantime, we are enforcing vigorously our country's immigration laws and working to fix them in a fundamentally broken system. I think that uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, is uh, being kind when he says that Vice President Kamala Harris raised $3 billion. Uh, show your work, sir. You can give that answer to Brett Baer on Fox, but that dog won't hunt. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good to be with you. The border is the biggest story in America. The Speaker, Mike Johnson, bringing a Codell with him down to the border to take a look. One of those people, uh, Congresswoman Victoria Sparts from the 5th District of Indiana. She joins me right now. Um, it, was a, it was a short visit, I believe, to Eagle Pass and some other areas. Uh, not your first visit to the border, as I know it, Talk to me about what it is you saw and what is different now than maybe from a year ago. Well, uh, thank you, Tony, for raising this issue. It's really, really huge problem. The numbers are staggering since Biden you know, came into office. I mean, we can say roughly 
we created a new state of Indiana with illegal immigrants. That's how many people cross the border that we kind of know. We still don't even know how many people cross the border that we don't know, which is a huge risk. The most interesting thing and really uh, shocking for me was when I went there, I went there two years ago, you know, and I went talking to a lot of Border Patrol officers that, you know, they told me that now this illegal, uh, you know, aliens, they're not even trying to claim asylum. Only 60% do. 40% don't even try. And I said, like, well, that is kind of interesting. I said, what are we adjudicated then? What are we waiting in court to see which part of, uh, you know, river they cross, if it's legal or illegal? It's ridiculous. But they were given an order to just let, you know, people in, give them a piece of paper and a lot of benefits. And I think that's very destructive, very dangerous to have these large numbers and also being taken advantage by cartels. So uh, I want to make sure I understood what you just said. Instead of claiming asylum, which is, of course, a lie in the vast majority of cases, and they're taught to lie uh, by NGOs, non-governmental organizations, which I find uh, to be unacceptable, you're saying that 40% don't say anything, and they and Border Patrol has been instructed to just say, here's your court date, go have a nice day? That's pretty much, I mean, I was shocked. I was like, what is the ground? Like, at least, like, I mean, over 90% were fraudulently claiming asylum, you know, but now they're not even doing that. I said, what is the ground? I come to a foreign country. I try to enter the border. I don't have any visas. I don't have any studies. I don't even lie about being asylum seeker. What is the ground I'm entering the country? None. So what, what are we adjudicating? We're talking about, like, oh, we just give a piece of paper and let people go because they come in such a large numbers. And when a few weeks ago, cartels sent, you know, thousands per day in that border sector, you know, I don't know how many border patrol officers were actually patrolling the border. Zero. None. They had no resources because overwhelmed patrol so much. They had zero officers in the field. What do you think was happening in the field? We don't know what was happening in the field. This is, I, I, I don't even know. I cannot even express with the words what's happening. This is total insanity. So to, to that end, uh, we spoke with Congresswoman Erin Houchin of the Ninth District, uh, one of your uh, compatriots there in the House uh, from the Indiana delegation. And we discussed specifically the idea of single able-bodied men from China, uh, from nations in Africa, from Colombia, from El Salvador, crossing the border in giant numbers. Did you witness that for yourself? Well, listen, <laughs> you know, cartels and administration know very well when they're going to go there. So we had few of them cross it. Definitely they clean it up before, you know, I said, maybe we should start sending this worthless Congress people <laughs> 10 at a time <laughs> to the border. That will, you know, deter the crosses. You know, that's maybe something useful we'll be doing there. But, but it's, it's, you know, so they had only very few actually were adult males go crossing the border. But it's over 60 countries and countries like Iran, countries like Iraq, countries like Syria. It's not just, you know, people from South America. So there are a lot of different, you know, serious situations. We had over 100 people they had on the terrorist list. And this is, I'm just talking about this one sector of the border. You know, it's not, I'm not talking about the whole border. You know, they have a facility there that costs roughly a million dollars a day to taxpayer to process. You know, they have a life facilities like that, you know, and that's not including salaries of border patrol. And then all of the benefits, you know, we're trying to give. I mean, this is a national security risk. 
it is really, you know, became a modern day slavery, what cartels are doing to desperate people. But it's also a fiscal huge burden for the country, which we already have huge problems without it. Talking to Congresswoman Victoria Sparts. You can find her, Sparts, S-P-A-R-T-Z, sparts.house.gov. So let's talk solutions. We talk the border here often. We talk policy. You talk about uh, the amount of border agents. You talk about resources. Where is the congressional action on the border? Listen, if we don't hold the ground in this January when we have our fiscal discussion, that we're not worthwhile being in Congress because this is such a serious issue. If we're not able to deliver, and I think it will be delivered, not just changing in the law, we have to force enforcement. And the only way we can do it is with the money. You know, this is really the biggest power we have, the most important. So we do need to have asylum, you know, a processing and, and credible fair standards, you know, tightened. You know, it needs to go to a higher standard. But if we don't have people at the border doing interviews and processing, and if they have large numbers of people don't even claim asylum, that's not going to solve the problem. It needs to happen, but it also needs to happen with enforcement of asylum. We need to force these processes to happen at the border. The same with parole, and the same giving more tools to, you know, Department of Homeland Security and Border Patrols to be able to not allow people to get in. I think, you know, it will be very clear for cartels, you know, if, if they're not able, you know, to get people through they will not be using this as a big money machine. I mean, we're not talking about even the trains. You know, this is a big problem, too. There are a lot of trains, you know, coming from Mexico, and everyone is complaining. What about trade? What about trade? And I said, well, if we're not going to be stopping these trains, you know, then, if, you know, you deal with a corrupt country with some dollars, you can get anyone on that train. We don't even know who is on that train. So companies doing business in Mexico will have to deal with that risk, too. I'm sorry to hear that. But when you start dealing business with risky countries, you might have some consequences. And then maybe they will take more serious because there are So are we – I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I want to make sure for clarity. Are we referring to Mexico as a risky country now? Uh, listen, I don't think Mexico never uh, – Mexico always – if you have country controlled by cartels, do you think it's not a risky country to do business in? <laughs> I think it is. As a, I mean, different people have different level acceptance of risk, but me as a business person, I would think twice before go start doing business in a country like that. But if you decide to do it, you better think about risk associated with, and you better think about it, how you're going to be dealing with you know, complying with some of the problems and helping to solve. Companies can't just complain and say, well, we can't, you cannot stop our trains to check them. If you're not going to be stopping the trains in the border, you know, then it means that cartels will take advantage. And you don't even know who is going to be inside these trains. You don't even know who is riding that. You have to be stopping these trains and start checking them. It's a big problem. I understand. It's a, you know, it's a problem for trade. But maybe then it will Mexican government start paying attention a little bit more and collaborate with us. We should identify cartels as a terrorist organization. I think that we should put more mechanism to deal with them because what they're doing right now with drug trafficking, human trafficking, controlling so much, you know, is good and now inside our country is becoming a serious, serious problem. Before, before I let you go, Congresswoman Victoria Sparks joins us right now from the Indiana 5th District. H.R. 2, the Secure the Border Act of 2023, it passed uh, the House uh, back in May. The vote was 219 to 213. Is, is this 
the way Congress should go? Does the Senate need to pass this? Will this actually bring a level of security and a safety to the American people at the border? There are three things that are very important. You know, tightening asylum, tightening parole, which has been abused by this administration, and also give more tools to Border Patrol in that bill. But it needs to be together with appropriation process. We're going to force appropriations to proper places where it's going to be enforcement. If you don't, you can create the best laws that you have. We already have plenty of laws that you enforce, you know, to stop this insanity. But if you don't put a mechanism with money to enforce these laws, nothing is going to be happening. And we are talking another year of this administration and what can happen in the border in a year. We already have, as I said, large, more people than the state of Indiana entered the country illegally. You think about what's going to be happening in the last year of his presidency, what is going to be the influx is going to be happening and what problems we can face with all of the wars happening and terrorism and everything else. So I think we have to also put, you know, some strings on the money, where the money go, how we disburse the money, and we can do it with our appropriations. And if we don't hold the ground and don't start forcing this appropriation and don't force conference committee, which Senate is not even looking at appropriations, then I think Republicans, you know, are going to fail for the American people. And it will be very sad because I think this is a very serious issue. So we'll do our best. I'll do my best. Congresswoman Victoria Sparks from the Indiana 5th, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to uh, be with us talking about the border. Matt Bear has... Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Little Orchard's Indianapolis traffic jam. Matt there. Tuttle. Tuttle Orchard's Indianapolis traffic jam. You, you posted this photo. You're thanking people. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. That's Matt Bear in the WIBC Traffic Center. Producer Carl is behind the board. Ryan Hedrick and uh, Kurt Darling. I don't even know who else is in the newsroom right now. What the heck is this? Okay, it's a traffic jam. A jam. An actual jam that you eat that you'd put on a bagel. It's from Greenfield. Greenfield, Indiana, Tuttle Orchards, and at uh, favorite destination for Indianapolis area families. That's what it says on the uh, label here. And they sent me this jam because we uh, collaborated, did some work over the holidays together. Every year, Hancock County 911, it's at Hancock County 911, just a great resource to follow incidents and crashes in Hancock County. Uh, we get together, and I kind of narrate this Christmas video they do for the kids of Hancock County. And it's really cool. They have uh, their personnel acting in this video and they're doing reindeer games. It's just this huge, well-done production. And this year they asked me to narrate again. And because of that, they, they sent me this traffic jam and I'm really humbled by it. It's really cool. But um, video turned out beautifully. And, and I get like this performance anxiety because this year it went from like a paragraph to three pages and they wanted me to do a Burl Ives. So I'm like, like, so can you, can you like hum a few bars for us right now? <laughs> it's I, I didn't sing. It was just like, well, yes, it's Christmas time. And, you know, I kind of got a Sean Connery thing going to it and everything. But the video turned out great despite that. <laughs> because of it, they, they sent me this jam, and I thought that was really you didn't, cool. You didn't go like full Christopher Walken? It's Christmas. Wow. <laughs> wow. Reindeer <laughs> right falling there. from the sky. Yeah. 
Santa. He freaks me out. It's spooky. <laughs> it wasn't in the request. They said, can you do a Burl Lives? I said, no. <laughs> I have no idea how to do Burl Lives. But, but we did it, and I was so... I'm just happy with the way it turned out, and these guys just have beautiful hearts. They're so does kind. anybody else know, or has it, does anybody else know that you do this? Like I have never heard of this. Oh no, it's just something uh, they asked me to do one year. It's it's Greg over at Hancock County nine one one, and uh, he, he just says, "Hey, will you do this?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Well, <laughs> I said, uh, sure. All I know, Tuttle Orchards, is that if there could be Indianapolis traffic jam, there has to be Matt Bear traffic jam. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, that's what right. I was thinking. Yeah, you you find you find the Hancock County charity you want to donate to. We'll sell the hell out of it. Absolutely, I, I think that would be. Um, I mean, with, hey Tony, with I seventy right now and all the construction they're doing, maybe we could uh, raise a fund for the uh, construction workers. You know, because they're they're kind of in peril every single day. I wouldn't mind doing that because it, it is a thing where construction workers are getting hit uh, way too much here in the state of Indiana, and I, I hate that. And you know, they have families too, so maybe do something like that. That could be fun. I I had no idea that was happening. You'll have to explain it in more detail wherever you want it to go. We'll just see if Tuttle wants to to do it. Uh, Matt Bear traffic jam is 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 a must. Like we got to bring back Matt Bear breakfast playing coffee too. Uh, you know the uh, the joyride and the road rage that that has to come back. Really and for good. the people over at Hoosier Heritage Farm who were kind enough to reach out and be like, if you need a delivery of steak for your people, we'll do it. I couldn't get it done in time. It's happening next week. I see you. We're gonna check you out. Uh, all the, all the producers uh, of my shows are getting steak. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. All all the other shows, like like uh, Kevin, who produces uh, uh, Kendall and Casey, he's gonna starve and die. But my guys, they're eating steak. <laughs> I think he gets donuts though. That's pretty good. Well, great diabetes for Kevin. We're talking about healthy, strong muscles for for my people. <laughs> that's when you know you've made it is when you're getting a steak and morning rush right there. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's exactly. Exactly it. So, who's your heritage farm? Thank you. I just want to say, not a sponsor of the show. Just appreciate you guys reaching out. Uh, uh, we're 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 on it right there. Tony Katz, ninety three WIBC. Good morning. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Yesterday on the Twitter X, I got accused of favoring ethnic cleansing because, you know, social media is where rational people go to talk. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Find everything at TonyKatz.com and check out the podcast. You can get that at WIBC.com. Everything is there. The morning show, the midday show. We actually are working on some others. Because, yeah, there's just so much time in a day that I've got nothing going on. But we are actually working on, on some others. Ethnic cleansing, why? Because I favor Israel's existence and I favor the destruction of a terrorist organization known as Hamas. 
You can have peace in Gaza, peace with Israel, a better life for everybody if Hamas is destroyed. I get accused of being in favor of ethnic cleansing, and then, of course, people engage a total bastardization of, of history and of, 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 of the Bible and, and, and whose land. Uh, Israel is there, and Israel is staying, and I hope Israel does everything it can to defend itself from these monsters, and they're monsters. And if you disagree and think Israel are the monsters, I can't stop you from doing that. What I've stated is let them fight it out. Put all the pressure you want. Let them fight it out. Let's see who wins. Let's see who wins. That's where I'm at. But you don't want that. You want Israel destroyed. Let me give you an example of it, not just these fools on social media. You had the public ceremony for the swearing in of Sue Finkham as the mayor of Carmel. The days of Jim Brainerd are over. The days of Sue Finkham have begun. She is sworn in, and Senator Todd Young is there to do the swearing in and speak uh, to the crowd. While this is happening, and while he is speaking, protesters show up, not to protest Sue Finkham, but they want to talk about Israel, carrying a sign that reads Indiana education, not Israel's occupation, and it's got red handprints all over it. You see, it's blood on on the hands. Two things have to be discussed here. Um, uh, First of all, don't ever think, Carmel, that you're immune to insanity. Don't ever think that that's the case. Parents, be paying attention to what's happening with your kids in school when they go back, whether it's elementary, middle, or high school. Be very aware of what your elected officials are doing. Oh, we voted for Republicans. We're fine here. You keep an eye on these people every day, including Mayor Finkham. I'm glad she won. I could not have been more supportive uh, from this microphone, but I was very clear. That being supportive of her with a victory over Miles Nelson, who ran a despicable, disgusting campaign, and I will do everything in my power to ensure that no one with the last name Nelson ever wins an elected office in Carmel ever again. I said it. I meant it. I'll say it to people's face. No fear. You bet your butt I'm going to keep an eye on Sue Finkham and what she does next. Indiana education, not Israel's occupation. You see, when you discuss Israel's occupation, my dear trolls, you're supporting Hamas because Israel isn't occupying anything. It's their land. And I believe the West Bank belongs to Israel as well. And it isn't some divided, contested territory. And I don't think there are such a thing as settlements. The land belongs to Israel and they can build anything they damn well want. Now, I know some people disagree with me on this. But when you state Israel's occupation, you're favoring Hamas and you're favoring the death of Israelis. You're favoring the attacks. You're supporting it. And that's happening in Carmel, Indiana, from bigots who are proud of their bigotry. If we're going to engage the radical concept of ethnic cleansing, who actually favors it? 
Israel that is going after Hamas and literally drops leaflets to the ground to say, hey, we're going to engage bombing here in this many hours, this many days. You might want to evacuate. Israel, that when they get to a hospital, one of the very rare hospitals in Gaza, they bring with them Arab-speaking soldiers so they can find where the terrorists are and they can protect people's lives and they bring doctors with them. Or are those engaged in ethnic cleansing the people who who fly uh, parachutes and kites so they can land at rock concerts and murder and rape everybody they find. That's who set the babies on fire. I think it's time to take a look at our uh, 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 some of the people in Carmel and some of the people around central Indiana and the whole of Indiana. You know that you're disgusting, right? You know that what you favor is ethnic cleansing. What you favor is genocide of Jews. And why the Islamic Society of North America isn't opposed to that, well, someone should ask that question. And the Council of American Islamic Relations, someone should ask that question. And the so-called interfaith groups of central Indiana that have been silent on the death of Jews and the attacks on Jews uh, and, and the attacks on Israelis, silent. Some friends you are. I thought silence is violence. You answer the question, interfaith group. You show up at the mayor swearing in to talk about Indiana education, not Israel, Israel's occupation. You bigots. You bigots. And I think that you should be called bigots nose to nose. Wanting people to be free is good. Thinking that other people, uh, a nation has to be destroyed as opposed to a terrorist organization That's twisted, and I'm going to keep saying so. Call me any name you want on social media. I just don't give a damn. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Colts, the Texans, sorry, it is the hottest game in the NFL this week. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC, good morning. The insanity of the AFC South, the partial collapse of the Jaguars, and now is Trevor Lawrence out for this game as well for the Jags? So you've got the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Texans all at 9-7. and seven. Now, we shouldn't be at 9-7. and seven. We should be at 10-6. and six. We should be at 11-5, and five, but I don't want to go through the past. Losing to the Falcons, that's... Um, how do I explain that losing to the Falcons... It's embarrassing! Really is. Really is. But here we are now. And the Colts are winning in. So here's how it works. You've got the Colts. You have the Texans. 8-15 Saturday night right there at Lucas Oil. It's going to be good. If the Colts lose, the Colts are done. Their season is over. Better season than last season. Impressive all the way around. 
Shane Steichen, some solid work, still needs some work, and did it with the backup quarterback. They win. They are in the wild card. They will play either Buffalo or Kansas City. This, according to Kevin Bowen, over at the fan. They would play one of those teams. Now, if the Jaguars lose to the Titans... Then the Colts win. If if the Colts win, the Colts win the AFC South. If they win the AFC South, home playoff game. So you have to go back to 2014. You have to go back to 2014 since the, the last time the Colts had a home playoff game. I want this. And it isn't because of some insane love uh, for, for, for the Colts or, or Jim Irsay or anything like that. It's good for the city. It's good for the city. Home playoff game means hotels and restaurants are full. It means cash. And you're never going to see me not be in favor of the small business owners in downtown having a chance to thrive, and by the way, from everywhere else. You've got the people coming for the game. You have the people who, who work for the networks that cover the games. Everything, it's good news. So this is where we're at. This is where we're at. Um, beat the Texans or tie the Texans, and the Jaguars lose. They win the AFC South. So, that's the story. That's where, that's where we are. They, they hold their entire future in their hands. All they have to do is win. You know, just that easy. Just that easy. That game uh, tomorrow night, 8-15. Yeah, everybody will be watching. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. That Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Border is the biggest story in America. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. And a, a bunch, I was going to say a series, a bunch of members of Congress went down to the border this week. Of course, Congresswoman Victoria Sparts uh, was there. We, we spoke uh, with her. Congresswoman Erin Hounchin of the 9th District of Indiana was there as well. I spoke to her yesterday. And she was discussing how, yes, indeed, as we've been describing, single able-bodied men are coming across the border from a whole bunch of countries. And I asked her, why does she see that as a problem? Well, we don't know what their intentions are. Um, We've been told by Border Patrol agents that these uh, individuals that are trafficked into the United States, and they are trafficked here by the cartels, they are um, um, under the watch uh, and control of the cartels uh, for 8 to 13 years until they can buy their freedom. Now, those are people in America, and some of them are engaged in human trafficking. Some are engaged in drug trafficking. We know this. 
but they're in America basically as, as slaves in, to the cartels. Uh, the only people benefiting from the open border are the Mexican drug cartels. They're, they're profiting $32 million a week in just the Del Rio sector. Uh, it's costing American taxpayers at one of the processing centers we visited, according to Border Patrol agents, $25 million a month. Um, it's unsustainable. Um, Secretary Mayorkas has failed in his responsibility. The main mission of the uh, Department of Homeland Security is to protect the United States from our greatest threats. Yet we're letting millions of people, 8 million under the Biden administration, a million more people than the entire state of Indiana, into the United States without really any vetting whatsoever. Talking to Congresswoman Erin Houchin of the 9th District of Indiana. You can find her, Houchin, H-O-U-C-H-I-N, houchin.house.gov. You bring up Secretary Mayorkas, who will not answer the question as to whether or not there will be an end to catch and and release. Uh, There are a series of policy conversations that have to be had. You had Congressman Jim Jordan, who I think was with you on the Codell, saying that we need to return to the policies that work in your estimation, Congresswoman, what are the policies that work and why? Well, when my first visit, Tony, and I spoke to you after that, that was like a little over a year ago. Um, You know, the border patrol agents were asking for Trump era policies, but these aren't unique to Trump. I mean, these were um, some of these were dated back to Democrat presidents. It's, It's a Biden problem. It's a Mayorkas problem. So ending catch and release. Um, in reinstalling the Remain in Mexico um, uh, proposal. And then in asylum seekers, they're supposed to stay in the next safest country that they have stopped in on their way you know, to seek asylum, not tra- traverse all the way to the United States. And so there are many policies that are in H.R. 2 uh, that we passed seven months ago that the bill is sitting in the Senate. Uh, Senate Democrats are in control the president could call for it to be called up and passed, and we would we would be able to solve this problem quickly uh, by restoring those policies. No more money for processing um, illegal migrants uh, until the border is secure. They closed the border recently. They closed ports of entry. Uh, yet some of my colleagues showed me video in Arizona of people just walking across the border at the closed port of entry. The border is wide open. Uh, Border Patrol agents are basically processing migrants and not, you know, able to act in the security of the United States. That's why Mayorkas, the impeachment is moving forward. Uh, Something's got to give. And the American people deserve to have a secure southern border. They do not have it under the Biden administration. When you were on the show talking about the border uh, a while ago, you said something that I, I I took issue with, and, and I still do, but after visiting the border, it's easier to understand what it is you were referring to. You were discussing the fact that we don't have the technology at the border that is necessary, and I said, I said on this show, wait a second, Congresswoman, that is absolutely not true. Of course we have the technology. The issue is that we're not willing to pay for the technology, and our, our needs at the border aren't all people needs. They are indeed aggressive technology needs to help us better allocate the people. In the past year, as you've been discussing this, has there been any move in Congress about getting Border Patrol the technology they need in order to do their job properly? 
Absolutely, Tony. It's in HR too. Um, it just the Senate will not do it, and the President will not do it. Uh, it is within his capabilities to uh, to take some of these actions. For instance, um, you know, I mentioned that the cartels have over 400 drones in the air, and we have seven. Right? They're monitoring every move of Border Patrol agents as they are in practice. That's why they move mi- migrants in large groups, so Border Patrol has to respond, and then they can smuggle in their illicit activity. But there are balloons that had historically been on the border so that at least, you know, video of, of migrants crossing illegally outside of the ports of entry could be tracked. And you'd know how many gotaways we actually had to a, to a certain degree. They used to have two of those balloons uh, in operation. And in the last six months, the Biden administration has cut funding for that. So now there are no balloons in the air uh, tracking this activity. Uh, when they really don't just need two for the Del Rio sector alone, they need six. So we're calling on the president, calling on the Senate. We're, we're standing firm. The people of South Texas asked us while we were there. They said, uh, shut the government down. Uh, it is that important. They want us to hold the line until they get border security, until the United States is in their, the southern border is secure. Uh, it is a desperate situation. It is as bad as I could I can I can describe. And um, the Biden administration is sitting on their hands. All they're doing is gaslighting the American people, blaming House Republicans when they have the solution sitting in the Senate right now. Talking to Congresswoman Erin Houchin of the Ninth District of Indiana. But it was last week where we saw the Secretary of State Anthony Blinken go to Mexico to meet with uh, AMLO, President Obrador. Uh, And it seemed very much like it was the United States begging Mexico to do something about the flow, which they're not doing anything about. As a matter of fact, it was Mexico that said, you should be more open in, in your border. Is Mexico a partner or is Mexico the problem? Well, I will say this, Tony, to, to, based on the conversations that I had in the last 36 hours with Border Patrol, there was a lull in activity um, since the trains were stopped. So the Mexican government, and in coordination with Border Patrol and our uh, rail lines, they stopped those trains from entering uh, because they were full of migrants. Um, and so that did cause a a disruption, I guess, in activity and in flow. But in the last two weeks at the Del Rio sector, this one processing center, they were seeing 2,400 migrants a day. Um, What's interesting is that the cartels, we believe, cut off um, activity in advance of our visit uh, because the best moneymaker for the cartels is an open border, uh, southern border of the United States. And if there's a huge problem when 60 members of Congress show up to see it, uh, it's more likely that action will be readily demanded. Now, we're demanding it, but the cartels clearly know that if we saw the real problem for what it truly is, uh, there would be a tremendous, um, likely bipartisan push to secure the border, and that's bad for business. You take a look at the last four Decembers. This is Bill Malugin over at Fox News reporting it. In December of 2020, it was 73,994 um, encounters at the southern border. In 2021, Joe Biden, 179,000. December of 2022, 252,000. In December of 2023, over 302,000 encounters. 
when the Biden administration says uh, that the border is secure, when Secretary Mayorka speaks in front of House and Senate committees and says that the border is secure, when Corinne Jean-Pierre says the border is secure, you already referred to it as gaslighting. Does that do anything just saying that it's gaslighting? Well, I mean, we've been we've been asking for action. I think where we're going to have to end up is it is going to have to come to shove. Um, they're asking for more money, but they're asking for when they're saying Republicans aren't giving it to them. They're asking for more money for processing, processing migrants, not border security. They're asking for more money to get more people here. Uh, you know, before, Tony, I said it's either it's either deliberate or incompetent. Uh, I believe it's deliberate. I think that they truly want to have as many uh, migrants as possible. They think it's going to change elections in the future. Uh, it's terrifying. It's against, um, it, it's, it's unconstitutional. It's against, uh, you know, everything that we believe in, in terms of uh, migration to the United States. There's no security. We have no ability to vet people from most other countries. Some we have, uh, you know, agreements with where we can vet these people. But it is uh, it's really a scary situation and we're going to have to stand firm and that may come down to the funding. Why would we fund a continue to fund a broken process? Uh, More money is not the issue. It is in instituting the policies in H.R. 2. Congresswoman Erin Houchin of the 9th District of Indiana. Appreciate her being on the show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. How bad is it? Don't sugarcoat it. Give it to me straight. Want coffee? I think I need some coffee. Time to fill up on the news. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Good to be with you. Fill up on the news. Presented by Absolute Wealth Management, LLC, the Absolute Wealth Retirement Planning Show. Sundays, 9 a.m. on WIBC and, of course, WIBC.com. What do you got? The Dow futures are down over 100. NASDAQ futures are down uh, 60. As, of course, everybody wants to get ready for those those jobs numbers. Uh, ADP was talking about how they look they're up uh, please trusting adp is is not it meanwhile the 10 year treasury went up uh, over 4% because everybody wants to see uh the these these numbers and and what's happening i'm looking at some other numbers and one of those is 200 as north korea has fired 200 artillery shells near yonpyong island South Korea is right now engaging in some levels of evacuations, moving people to shelters. I put this in connection to the story that Maersk, the, the, the people who do the shipping, the big container shipping, and of course, you have the Houthi rebels going after ships in the Red Sea and in the, in the Gulf, and so they're changing the way they do their shipping. They're charging more now for shipping because... You have ships that have been taken hostage. You have crews that are hostages right now of the Houthi rebels. No one's talking about this. This super dangerous stuff is happening. No one is talking about it at all. But you have in now multiple places the inability to maneuver freely. 
You think North Korea saber-rattling right now is because they just felt like it? It's because the timing is right. The United States has shown that under Joe Biden, they will not enforce navigable seas and freedom of the seas. They will not respond at all to these attacks. They won't do it. And that is giving other people a real, real, real big feeling. That, all right, well, I guess we can try what we want here. These two stories are absolutely gigantic. Massive, massive stories. And I think they're going to kind of get, I think they're going to get buried. North Korea saber-rattling, Maersk, which is going to avoid the Red Sea for the foreseeable future, which is going to send up the cost of what? Everything. Absolutely everything. You will pay for more. The business you own will pay more for everything that you get. Oh, and this all plays to the economics. All of it. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. There's really nothing that would make me say that the border isn't the top story in America. Still, after, after all this time, you've heard me say it a million times. That, that said, I don't want to give the Epstein document story any short shrift whatsoever. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC, good morning. Good to be with you. More and more information is coming out. Jeffrey Epstein abused young women. He abused girls. He abused children. Jelaine Maxwell, his partner in abuse, abused young women, abused girls, abused children. And so did the people who were participants on this island. And there are some crazy, crazy stories that are coming out. People that were connected to this, including Stephen Hawking. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's an out-of-control story. Stephen Hawking, who had ALS in the wheelchair, was at the island doing, I, I, I don't quite know what. And there are memes going on around uh, uh, about this. Like, it's supposed to be funny. Look, I, I, I like a good dose of humor. <laughs> as much as the next guy. Lighten the mood just a touch we're we're really in, in in a place where the soul is lost if we're talking about an island a place an area where these girls were abused by high profile this that and the other and the first thing we think of is let's tell a joke first thing we should be asking is what levels of proof do we have who goes to jail or worse there isn't a, 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 a group outrage. I almost was going to use the term collective outrage, but I try not to use the term collective on, 
on on on, on much. There's no, there there's just doesn't seem to be the, uh, any level of of just sheer disgust. There, it, it, it's titillation. That's that's weird. That is, that is ugly. It what we're watching in the response is ugly. Now the New York Post is reporting that Bill Clinton allegedly. Thank you, uh, Squirrely Dan. Somewhere I have that. Somewhere I, I I'll, I'll use it later. Uh, he walked into the offices of Vanity Fair, the magazine, threatening staffers not to publish stories about sex trafficking allegations against Jeffrey Epstein, who he referred to as his good friend. This is in the court documents. It's, it's clear that Clinton knew the guy. Clinton was on the plane. There are photos. Clinton was there. Well, what was he doing there? What was happening there? And what did Hillary Clinton know? What did she know? Answers to the question are needed. We shouldn't be thinking of memes. We should be asking, why isn't there more investigation into this? I've got four different indictments on Donald Trump. I don't have an investigation on this. It's it's like, uh, do you remember the story of the of the Marine who uh, choked a guy uh, on a subway in, in New York. Oh, it was, it was clearly racial bias, racial animus. Daniel Penny is his name. This guy, black guy, was intimidating and threatening people on a plane. Daniel Penny said, this is enough of this. Put him in a chokehold. The man did die. And there are consequences for actions. But why is it that this guy, Daniel Penny, he has a $200,000 bail. But I can show you a story of a black man stabbing people. No bail. I bring this up because it seems that we only want to work in one direction as a country. Only one thing is egregious and the other thing is, eh, what are you going to do? I'm not interested in the Jeffrey Epstein story being a story of, eh, what are you going to do? Not, not me. Not, I'm interested in people going to jail. And in order for that to happen, A, the country actually has to be paying attention and has to demand a response against those people engaged in such absolute brutality. The abuse of kids must be responded to. And then you're going to need prosecutors who have absolutely no fear because these people have money, they have connections, and very much this is a story of two Americas and two worlds. Really? A group of people who think they can do anything they want, anytime they want, anywhere they want, and somehow we just have to have to sit back and, 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 and take it. That's obscene. It's obscene. I'm, I want people to get out of the salacious and get back into their soul a bit on this subject.
what are we doing if we allow this to be wow man that's good that would be a movie of the week oh how terrible oh shocking details hmm i wonder what's on tv what what is netflix streaming me today now this this requires attention focus and demands for action and i don't care if we're talking about bill clinton or donald trump or anybody else. And I'm not saying Donald Trump did anything wrong. Bill Clinton, it's getting shadier by the second. That much is true. That much is true. The focus here, man, if, if, if we lose this, if, if, if we let this just disappear, we're, we're, we're lost, which sometimes we think we are anyway. I'll catch you guys on Monday, Matt.